1. On a wet Tuesday morning in December, Ernesto Bonilla, 28, shot his 23-year-old wife Alejandra in the backyard of their West 45th Street home in South Los Angeles. As Alejandra lay bleeding to death, Ernesto proceeded to drive their Ford Explorer to the westbound Century Freeway connector, where it crossed over the Harbor Freeway and pulled to a stop on the shoulder. Bonilla stepped around the back of the SUV, ignoring the rain and the afternoon drivers on their way to LAX and the west side, placed the barrel of his 38 caliber pistol into his mouth, and fired. His body fell over the shoulder and plunged 100 feet, hitting the roof of a Toyota Camry heading northbound on the Harbor Freeway. The impact crushed the roof of the Camry. The driver, Jacqueline Dwyer, 27, an elementary school teacher from Reseda, died at the scene. This would have been simply another dark and strange coincidence, the sort of thing that shows up for a two-minute report on the local news with live remote from the scene, and maybe gets a follow-up the next day. Eventually, the story would go away, fading from the city's collective memory. But the story did not go away. Not for me, because Jacqueline Dwyer was the woman I was going to marry. 2. As Ernesto Bonilla's lifeless body was falling through the air, I was in the conference room of Gunther, McDonough, and Longyear, high above Westwood Boulevard. An African mahogany conference table, the approximate value of the GDP of Ukraine, separated me from one Claudia Blumberg, plaintiff. She was, at first glance, impossible to think ill of, which was a big consideration here. If this case ever went to trial and she testified, she could make a great impression on a jury. It was my job to see that never happened. I had to tear into her so subtly and expertly that she and her attorney would not dare take this all the way. Do a soprano's honor with sharp-tongued skill, which I had in spades. The walking ego and boogie-woogie bluster sitting next to her was one Barton Walbert, a Buddha-like figure if you're going by belly size, but his tactics were anything but divine. He was just waiting to throw legal grenades at me during the deposition. And he could do it. Walbert was one of the most successful plaintiff's attorneys in the country. He had won 20 multi-million dollar verdicts, including one for close to a billion against one of the biggest corporations in the world. I was a pup compared to Walbert. He was 53 and in his prime. At 34, I was just hitting my stride. But the arrogance of youth is a good thing for trial lawyers. Like the young guns who come to town looking for the aging outlaw, wanting to test the best, I was loaded and ready. Miss Blumberg, I said, your attorney has explained to you why we're here today, has he not? Yes. She was cute, with short auburn hair and intelligent brown eyes. There was a fragility about her that made her seem like porcelain. A jury would warm to her. I was Iceman. You understand that you are under oath and that your answers must be truthful, just as if you were in court. Yes. Did you confer with your attorney before coming here today? 
She hesitated a moment and glanced at her lawyer. I'm okay, she said. I noticed that you looked at Mr. Walbert just then, I said. Is that because you're not sure what your answer should be? Objection, Walbert said. What you notice is not relevant, Mr. Buchanan. Just ask questions. That's what I'm trying to do, Mr. Walbert. Relevant questions. It was all just jockeying for position here. A couple of sumos stamping their feet, circling. Standard stuff. I liked to get the other attorney riled if I could. That might lead to a little game of quién es más macho. I always wanted the other attorney to lose a little cool in depositions, because it would be captured in transcript and maybe come out at trial. Of course, I'd never faced a Barton Walbert before. This could get interesting.